Yes, I just did. Ha! Oh, you beat me. Ha <laughs> ha, I beat you. You beat me to it. I beat you to the record button. Mwahaha. Why are you handing me chips? <laughs> I don't want them. <laughs> I've just pressed record. You trying to get me to put them away, even though I'm... <laughs> Can't have enough chips. No such thing. I get the feeling this one's maybe gonna be harder to get through, huh? No. Are you a good witch or a bad bitch? Bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if this naughty to ruse your list, take your shoulders, take your hips, and let a lady confess I wanna be best. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. You're listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. That is the podcast that you're listening to right now. Yeah. Thank you, Deanna. <laughs> that was super necessary. And that's Deanna, and I'm Hannah, and this is a podcast about women and feminine folks throughout history. And uh, it's super cash. Don't use us as a, um, you know, source in your super researched Scho- essay. piece. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hopefully we're telling you something interesting about someone you didn't know about before and maybe you didn't know enough about yeah exactly maybe someone you knew of but didn't know too much about and uh yeah on that note i'll just dive right in because as we've talked about in the last few weeks we don't want to talk about what's happening in the world right now it's a lot there's too many things we're recording this just enough in advance that i'm sure everything in the world has changed since this so yep ideally you're listening to this and it'll be a minor escape from what's happening um but uh yeah to start my sources today are wikipedia obviously queerportraits.com making queer history npr.org and pri.org and it is still latinx history month until october 15th so that is also a facet of what we're talking about today mm-hmm. so today we're talking about shabella vargas does this name ring a bell the last name does i think as i talk about her you will go oh but we'll dive right in actually yes. so i loved this quote from her that i'm i'm gonna open with she said love is one step A goodbye is another, and both must be firm. Nothing in life is forever. Mm. And I just think that that says a lot about her without you having to know anything. So, Chevella Vargas, named at birth Isabel Vargas Lazan, was born in Costa Rica on April 17th, 1919. Ooh. She told her story in various ways, uh, through time, so the details are a little bit murky. Um, contemporary Mexican writer Anna Turan says she recreated the past, and she would sometimes change a character, sometimes a place, sometimes the phrases that she remembered. So as she told it, as Chevella told it, from a young age, she was drawn to more traditionally masculine ways of dressing. And this predilection caused intense conflict within her family who were strictly against her expression and would apparently hide her away when people would come to visit because they were like, you know, our daughter's a tomboy 
and we don't want anyone knowing. So, you know, they would put her away. Um, (laughs) Knowing that she wouldn't be able to pursue a career in music or find acceptance from her family, she picked up and left for Mexico at the age of 17. Okay. In Mexico, Vargas cleaned houses and sang in the streets and in cantinas. She always loved singing, Tehran said. I think she ran away from Costa Rica to find a place where she could become whatever she wanted, away from whatever. And soon enough, her voice, as well as her beauty, struck audiences. It was unconventional and powerful. It felt new. For Vargas, Mexico was an easier place than Costa Rica to be who she was, but it was still a tough environment socially. Mexican pianist and music journalist Ignacio Acosta said, Mexico wasn't ready to accept Vargas. She wore pants, not dresses. Then there were the cigars, the tequila, the pistol that she kept handy, and all of the affairs, all of them with women. I mean, so awesome. Yeah, she was, she, she was awesome. Um, For a long time, we had a very conservative, a very religious society, and Chavela was a lesbian. Her personality and sexual orientation were problematic for Mexico, Acosta said. Nobody wanted to talk about homosexuality at the time. She was in love with some of the prettiest actresses, who were also queer. There were a lot of gays in politics and in the arts, but they couldn't say anything about it because of how conservative Mexico was. Hmm. So this was a large part of of who she was and what she became famous for. So soon, um, despite all of this, she built a reputation for her powerful, soulful singing style. Going on stage with a gun, a red harango, and guitar, she would sing love songs written by men and for men to women. And she refused to change the pronouns. She was usually accompanied by only an acoustic guitar instead of, as was traditional for ranchero music at the time, a full mariachi band. So she would slow the tempo down and use only a guitar to sing these traditional ranchero songs that would have a full mariachi band behind them, and she would dwell on their heartbreak. And... It was this, in addition to her unique style and confidence, that drew people to her, whether they loved her or they hated her for it. losing myself in that (laughs) it's her music is gorgeous and it all is like that so you imagine that traditionally that song or or any song in that style in the ranchero style would have been with the full band much more up tempo and but i feel like this style is much more it's very common today yes exactly i think she was really the first person to do this because ranchero music was masculine it was sung by men and it was played by men and that was kind of it and she was like hey i'm gonna dress 
like one of you and I'm going to sing your songs to the women who have broken your heart but I am going to do it my own way in a way that you have never heard it done before yeah and that's um, that still annoys me to this day if if someone male or female takes a song by an artist of the opposite gender it's a love song and they change the pronouns I'm like you fucking coward I know know. (laughs) like who cares even if you are not a queer singer but like that's how what the song was written as so just sing it as it was written it's in the spirit of the song yeah i know anyway and i i agree with you but obviously they were very much like but you're a woman you should be singing to men if you have to sing these songs at all which is obviously something we're not for uh you should at least be changing the pronouns so that it's straight yeah but she wasn't into that and uh it was this the way she the way she performed this music, in addition to her unique clothing style and her confidence that drew people to her. So um, after, I think it was like 10 years or something in Mexico, playing on the street and working in, um, in this cantina, she finally released an album. And so she released a full album with the support of the famed ranchera singer, Jose Alfredo Jimenez, who would become a friend of Vargas throughout her career. And as time passed, she released more music. She released, re- received mountains of praise and hate <laughs> for her work, uh, well, you know, yeah. as you would expect, and found herself in the company of many celebrities, American and Mexican celebrities alike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Grammy-winning producer and vibraphonist, I've never heard that cool. word, but, you know, that's a thing. Felipe, Play the vibraphone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Felipe Fournier, who, like Vargas, was a Costa Rican living in Mexico before he moved to New York, said, There are so many ways to sing a ranchera song, but when you listen to somebody sing two words, and in those two words, they crush you, that is something magical. Shavella had yeah. that. That was the reason why she was loved. She yeah, was her unique. Her voice is very smoky and soulful and kind of like hits your heart. Yes. And just like you can feel. And this is a thing about like mariachi, I think, that a lot of American and Western people don't understand is that it's meant to be full of emotion. You know, it's meant to sound emotional when yeah. when women sing it. It's meant to sound like you're on the verge of tears. And mm. there is something so powerful in that and something so powerful in her taking the male songs and the male part and going, I'm going to do this and I'm going to sing this as emotionally as you're supposed to sing this music, but I'm going to do it in a way that you've never heard before. Mm-hmm. I-, I just think that's so cool. Um, Fournier said, Shabella is unique. It's not about the intonation and the tuning. A lot of the time she's out of tune. But that doesn't matter. It's the spirit and the heart and the interpretation that matter. Having your own voice is the most important thing for for an artist. And I found that in Shavella. Um, yeah. I thought this was kind of funny. He compares her voice to that of Tom Waits. He says, Tom Waits has a horrible voice, but you can recognize him and his heart with whatever he's singing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't find her voice to be horrible at no, all. No, I think she had a lovely voice. But I, I hear what he's saying in that it's like when Tom Waits well, comes on the radio. traditional yeah, yeah. You know. You know who you're hearing. 
And it was yeah. the same for her. You could not have mistaken her for anyone else. Um, guitarist Miguel Pena accompanied Vargas for several years, starting in 2003. He also said she did not have a beautiful voice. She was not a good singer, but she was not lacking anything. She had something special. It does make me wonder if, like, good singer means something different, you know, to different cultures. But well, I, I think, think there's that- also a lot is made up for because she doesn't have like the clearest voice it's mm-hmm. you know it's smoky it's a little gravelly and right. you know if she's not if it's not clear as a bell or what have you then you know the pitches can be a little bit wavery right. um and but that's a style you know like johnny cash did that you know yeah. what i mean there's plenty of people who they get famous as a singer not necessarily because of the the trained perfection of their voice, but because of the heart that they bring, the themselves that they bring to their performance. Exactly. That was so well put. Thank you. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah. I think that, so he said, um, when Vargas sang her famous tune, La Llorona, which is what I was just playing for you, mm-hmm. she was not singing La Llorona. She was whispering it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there is a reason for that. So on stage, Vargas performed as if she was speaking to a confidant, as if she were the very characters of the songs she interpreted. But she never sang a song the same way twice. She had the luxury of changing the melody, Peña, the guitarist, explained. Or if she did not remember the lyrics, she would make them up on the spot. I don't know how she did it. No one ever noticed. But she apparently did this all the time because she would just get so into the music that it would just be like, whatever, you know, I'm, I just have to you know, share this with my audience. Wow. Um, So this is where you might recognize her. One of the very notable connections that she made through her fame and celebrity was with Frida Kahlo. I was going to say, is it Frida? (laughs) Yep. And the two of them had apparently a very passionate affair. Yeah, I'm sure they did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I never saw the movie with Salma Hayek. But apparently this character, there is a character, Shavella Fargus, who makes an appearance and they have a, a, a fling. Um, I've never seen that movie either. I, I know. Now, I, now I'm going to have to. But And I'm also shocked. I'd be curious to see the sort of lens that they view it because that was not really a time that was known for subtlety with uh, sapphic love stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I would be very curious. Speaking but you'd of be sapphic- fucking remiss. To not talk about it if you're going to do a movie about Frida Kahlo. Anyway. Yes. Noted bisexual Frida Kahlo. (laughs) Well, that is, yeah. I mean, I think that that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of shocked I've never seen the film. Because one of the main things they they really do try to highlight, from my understanding, is her bisexuality. Good. Um, And the fact that she was disabled. mm -hmm. Yes. But Shavella was not a woman to be tied down. She had many relationships, many affairs, uh, apparently, maybe, um, including a one night stand with Ava Gardner after Elizabeth Taylor's wedding. Maybe. What? We don't know for sure, but it's possible. There is a rumor. Put it past her. I know. She could probably get away with a lot. I, she seemed to me like just from listening to her music and watching some of her um, like videos of her talking and, and interviews like 
she seems like a seductress, you know, or a seductor in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's hard to not imagine it just having listened to the way that she sings because mm-hmm. she brings so much rawness and vulnerability yeah and that's sexy oh yeah like if you're singing a love song and then that that performer can connect with you in a way that makes you feel like they're singing to you and Mm -hmm. if she's not changing the pronouns and you're a woman you might be oh my gosh well 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 (laughs) and then she just comes over and goes so how you doing yeah (laughs) and be like hi (laughs) i get it I get it. Yeah, I get the sense that she did that a lot. Um, (laughs) But, you know, but uh, unfortunately, she succumbed to alcoholism in the 70s and kind of uh, disappeared from the spotlight for a while Mm. um, because there was just no way for her to perform while, you know, so drunk off your ass all day. Yeah. Yeah. But she was eventually nursed back to health. She had the support of her then partner who I guess I guess there's their relationship was tumultuous and potentially violent, which I didn't find any information about that except in one article. So I don't know I don't know how true or how well researched that is, but that is a possibility and something to take into consideration with her. Um, and she and this woman parted ways. You know, they were not um, partners. They were partners for like 15 years. And then they parted after Shabella got better. Um, so after she recovered, she got into the spotlight again. You know, she she went back to the stage and the stage welcomed her back in a big way. And she, this is a, f- a weird little tidbit that I liked, but I'm not sure that I understand but she claimed to have had a mystical relationship with the spirit of the Spanish poet and playwright Federico Garcia Lorca, who was assassinated okay. in 1936 after speaking out about his socialist views in a particularly politically turbulent time in yeah. Spain. Um, and she used to say that she would converse with him at night in her room at the famous Residencia de Estudiantes, where she stayed when she was in Madrid, and that his spirit came to her as a bird. <laughs> and because of this, she dedicated an entire album to him and formed a close bond with his family, with his remaining family, that, like, she maintained until she died. That They were like, oh, totally. Yes. We're on board with this. They were like, we definitely. Cool. <laughs> it's just weird. I know. And I think that that's one of those cultural things that I'm sure I simply cannot understand because I was not raised in that same way or place. I thought that was interesting. So in 1991, she was able to make her way back to singing fully. (laughs) So sorry. That's okay. Should I kick her out or we? No, everyone can deal with the kitty in the background. Um, And she performed at Carnegie Hall in 2003 when she was 83 years old. Oh, my God. I know. Isn't that crazy? But so she she came back to singing and went, all right, my career is basically I'm picking up where I left off. And everyone went, yeah, cool, you are. And, you know, it it was just as it had been. And um, I know. 
And when That's she so was encouraging. Yeah, I think like I'm sure a big part of it was because of how she revolutionized Ranchera. But you know, she revolutionized a way of uh, a way of making very traditional music and and apparently started a trend that's very, very, very popular now. Yep. She was she paved the way for a lot of musicians um, and women in particular joining in in the ranchero music. Yeah. Um, and when she was 81, so just a couple years before Carnegie Hall, <laughs> she came out publicly as a lesbian for the first time. It was one of those, like, everybody knew, though. Everybody knew. No it, Color nobody surprised. Yeah, it was an open secret, but it was still a secret. And so she of came out. Of course, it's still a big and wonderful deal. Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to make light of that. No, but, no, but you're right. Because it is still important. You're totally right that, like, everybody knew, but being able to say it out loud at the age of 81, I think, was a really important um, yes. moment in her life that... I don't know that she ever expected she would be able to do that. Yeah. You know, and that's fucking beautiful. I know. I just thought that was so nice that she just was like, you know what? I'm saying it. I'm going to say it. So she reached the end of her life at 93 in 2012. Whoa. And um, yeah. And she spoke publicly about her feelings on death, saying, I am proud that I do not owe anybody anything. And it is wonderful to feel free. Now mm. I have the desire to lie down down in death's lap. And I am sure that it will be quite beautiful. Which I was like, oh. So she That's was just amazing. like, I've lived a lovely life and I'm I'm ready to go. So she... Not many people, I think, get, get... Well, I'm sure if you get to be that age, you probably do. But yeah. not many people get to say it out loud. Yeah, exactly. And have it sort of recorded in a nice way and it's your memory you know it's your yeah it's your living memory she was hospitalized several weeks as the result of respiratory problems and then finally passed away in Cuernavaca uh, Mexico and according to her official Facebook page her final words were I leave with Mexico in my heart oh I know and that is the story of Shabella Vargas ranchera muse and and pioneer and lesbian and amazing person so cool i realized when i looked up a picture of her that there's like a famous photo of her with frida kahlo where they're like laying on the grass together and laughing yes yes and i'd seen that photo a million times exactly oh yeah we should include that if we can i mean i'm sure we can find it i i found it as i was looking but um Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a great, candid photo and just so nice, like such a nice snapshot of that time in their life. Yeah. Um, And so interesting to think about how they intersected and like what Frida's life must have looked like at the time that she was having this passionate affair with Chevella Vargas. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious to watch the movie now just to see what yeah, let, she was let's doing. Have a, let's have a, a date and let's watch it. I love that idea. Together. Yes, please. All okay. right. Deal. Are you a good witch? Or a bad bitch? 
Let us know by becoming a patron on, on our, our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> oh, no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively oh, yeah. for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. Do you want some on this day? Please. All right. So there are quite a few and... I admit that I included some of them for slightly political purposes. So, you know, just want a content warning from this point on that I'm going to talk a little bit about the Holocaust. Okay. Um, a little bit about the Crusades. Oh, God. <laughs> a little bit about a cat that I'm going to smash on the head. <laughs> There's... <laughs> So much personality in that cat. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! There, she said so many things just now. She had so many things to say. So much to say. <laughs> oh my god! I love it. And it's only to people. She doesn't meow at cats. She she. It's only people. That's because she knows that's you got to talk to us to get what you want. I guess you know. So and on a darker note, yes. So with that said, I'm very sorry. There are a couple things in here that I know aren't going to be fun to listen to, but I had to. So um, it is October 7th. And on this day, That's the day I was supposed to be born. Oh, really? But I was early. Yeah. You early bitch. I was late. It was a hurricane. <laughs> On October Hurricane came or? through. No, it came through a couple weeks before, and uh, the pressure dropped drastically. I don't know. That's what my mom always says. Oh my like god, that's so witchy. <laughs> yeah, the change in pressure made a baby be born. Yep, but I was fine. I was fully cooked. I mean, you seem fully cooked to me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So 1571. This one is worded a little bit weird, because of course the uh, source is like some Catholic stupid journal, whatever. But I think it's interesting. Um, so 1571, today is considered by many to have been the most important naval engagement in human history. The Battle of Lepanto was fought today. And this is the wording I hate. It saved the Christian West from defeat by the Ottoman Turks. Whatever. The, okay. It it turned the tide of that history towards the Christian West at that time. Um, but in the encounter, which lasted about five hours, more than 30,000 Muslim Turks and 8,000 Christians were slain. Not until the Oof. First World War would the world again witness such carnage in a single day's fighting. The battle was also remarkable as the last and greatest engagement with ore-propelled vessels. Crazy. Jesus. I know. Um, 1915, English nurse Edith Cavill 
was sentenced to death along with 34 others by a German court-martial for running an underground network to free Allied soldiers who had been treated in her hospital. Crazy. So I, I was curious, and maybe I'll talk about her at a different time, but basically she was a respected nurse um, as matron of Belgium's first teaching hospital for nurses when World War I broke out in 1914. And when her hospital was turned into a war hospital to treat soldiers, she gained a name for treating both German and Allied soldiers equally. And then when the Germans took control of Belgium and her hospital, she helped smuggle Allied troops out of Belgium through an underground tunnel in the hospital. And German forces became suspicious of her. She was arrested. Didn't like that very much. They didn't like that. And she was executed by firing squad. Jesus. Yep. Um, But after her death, she became a symbol of the Allied cause. And when the war ended, her body was repatriated and a service was held in Westminster Abbey. Wow. Um, Yeah. This one I included because apparently no Americans know any German concentration camps. Um, So in 1935, Himmler, Hess, and Heydrich of course, Nazi officials, inspect the concentration camp at Dachau. And that was 10 years, almost, before the U.S. even arrived to help win the war. So that tells you a lot. Uh, 1938, Germany requires all Jewish passports to be stamped with the letter J. Uh... This one was new to me. I did not know this. But in 1940, the McCollum Memo is circulated, and it proposes bringing the U.S. into the war in Europe by provoking the Japanese to attack the United States. Who did that memo? The Germans or the Allies? Us. McCollum is the guy who authored this memo, and he was like, hey, FDR, like, this is how I think we can get into the war without breaking and defying all of these conventions that were restricted under we have to get into war with the japanese so that we can help fight the war in europe and apparently that was like a big plan was to provoke the japanese into into attacking us so that we could go to war oh fucking hell um yeah that's very insane. interesting i didn't know that either no i don't i and and there's obviously so so much more information about that than i have in front of me but i thought that was really interesting um that that was circulating in 1940 um and i'm very sorry another concentration camp mention in 1944 there is an uprising at auschwitz birkenau a concentration camp um and Jewish uh, prisoners burned down crematoriums. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this is nine years after Himmler and his cronies went and looked at Dachau. Out of World War II now. But I had to I had to include them. You know, I did. Well, you know, if uh, a significant percentage of Americans don't know about it and that is the case. Exactly. So, um, 1993, 
Writer Toni Morrison became the first black woman to be awarded the Nobel Prize in literature. A little late. A little late. (laughs) But they said that she delves into the language itself, a language she wants to liberate from the fetters of race, and she addresses us with the luster of poetry. Seems nice. Um, Three years later, in 1996, Rupert Murdoch launches Fox News. Barf. Um... Content warning for hate crimes against gay people. 1998, Matthew Shepard, a gay student at the University of Wyoming, is found tied to a fence after being savagely beaten by two young adults in Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, 2016, the Washington Post releases videotape of Donald Trump boasting of groping and kissing women without consent. That was a big day. Big fucking day, dude. Today was a big, big day. So I'm going to end on this one, which is a little bit nicer. In 2018, Jodie Whittaker debuts in her first full episode as the 13th and first female Doctor Who on the BBC. Jodie Whittaker. Yep. We were trying to think of her name earlier. So <laughs> were that's we? Oh, yes. Because oh, I was talking God. about how she's the first Doctor to, like, use an accent other than standard, like received pronunciation yeah yep except for like and so that's why i was trying because i was thinking about how david tennant specifically chose to use rp instead of his native scottish accent yeah although eccleston used a northern yeah kind of yeah that's true and they made fun of him for that they said yeah. they said why do you sound like you're from the north and he said lots of places have a north that's funny and that was that was how they addressed that he had a northern British accent. Uh, yeah, I know those were a little bit heavier, but they also okay. feel important. Yeah. So I had to. I agree. I agree. I had to do it. Um, but uh, are you excited about anything? I don't know. Well, oh, my cat wants to talk about. What she's excited about, which is probably water. Your cat's um, very excited. Just period. <laughs> um, I guess I just, I know I used this one before, but I've been playing new games on my Switch. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And it's keeping me sane since I've been going back to work and work is stressful. Um, I know. But uh, yeah. And I've got a spooky game. I think it's called Dead by Daylight. Is that what it's called? Ooh. Um, yeah. And it's where you play with other people on the internet, which I don't tend to play those many. Um, and you can choose to either play as a survivor or a killer. And so it's like you're put in a room with one person <laughs> trying to kill you. And then the survivors have to try and escape. Oh. It's creepy. Yeah. And I think, I think it's far more popular to try and be a killer because... I thought that would be what I wanted to try and do first so that I would ha- be in like the, have the upper hand when I'm learning oh, God. instead of just yeah. getting immediately slaughtered. But then I was in the waiting room forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And I was like, I have a feeling that if I chose Survivor, I would play immediately. And I was right. Oh, my God. Yeah. To try and find other players to play with you. But also there's four survivors to one killer. So I guess that makes sense, too. I, you know, that's kind of crazy, though, that that many people want to be killers. Yeah. Yikes, Deanna. Yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you build a pumpkin patch in Animal Crossing? No. 
I can do that? Yeah. They made it all spooky. I have to I have to look. Yeah. A bunch I, of people I, I know are building pumpkin patches. <laughs> well, I got to do that. Yeah. I yeah. know that the little store on my island now has pumpkins in front of it. It looks very fall. Oh, that's cute. so cute. I yeah. love fall. Me too. And it feels like fall today in Colorado. I know. It's so. very exciting. Yes. We'll go build a pumpkin patch in Animal okay. Crossing. And uh, to our listeners, you should also go build a pumpkin patch in Animal Crossing. And in the meantime, say hi to us on social media. We are at GWB, GWBB Podcast everywhere. Um, and you yes. can email us too. And uh, we are just two people. So if we're slow to respond, we apologize. But um, we do our best. And, you know, say hi anyway. Yeah. And uh, with that said, peace out, witches. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is hosted by Deanna Greif. Me. You. And you. <laughs> Hannah Ferguson. And we're produced by Benjamin Garst. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Google Play. Google Play. Pretty much more. anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find us there. We're also on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, GWBB Podcast. You can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. We love to receive emails. If you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air, uh, shoot it over to us. We would love to read it. If you want to help keep us running, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gwbbpodcast. <laughs> Become a patron and help us you know, pay for our hosting. Yeah, Patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content. And it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast. And it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out. If you like it, you can be a part of it. Also, to help us out, you can rate, review, and subscribe. All of, the, all of those things are extremely helpful for us. They help other listeners find us. Yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. <laughs> our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moon Bounce. Moon Bounce.